Hi, I'm Natalie Ledwell and welcome to Not Over, Just Different, a podcast for women of a respectable age facing life's next new chapter. So grab a cup of tea and pour yourself a glass of wine and join me for some deep, real and candid conversations about everything from health, aging gracefully, relationships and how to make the next 50 years even better than the first. Hello and welcome to the podcast for today. So my special guest um, is a woman who is the number one best-selling author of a book called The Soul Frequency, Your Healthy, Awakened and Authentic Life. And she's also the host of an awesome podcast called The Soul Frequency Show. So please help me welcome my special guest, Shana Lee. How are you, Shana? I'm good. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. I think um, I finally find my, found my stride, you know, be, with being, I, I'm calling it delightfully housebound. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the way we frame it, right? Right. Um, and so I, I found my, I found my groove. I think I'm, I'm think I'm really getting used to it, which is, which is great. But, um, but yeah, so today I wanted to, to chat to you about um, uh, purpose and uh and i think sometimes for those of us who you know we have a purpose there's something that we know that we're we're meant for um, but it normally takes some kind of a jolt or some kind of a you know catalyzing event to help us you know get into that you know to look at that and go well what is that for me um, now, I know that you have a, a great story. Well, not a great story, but you have a story. <laughs> <laughs> I have a catalyst event. That's right. <laughs> so would you like to share that with us? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I always like to say to people that we just wander through life and we're busy and we're doing our thing when when we're out and about. And really, what purpose would we have in waking up? What purpose would we have in doing anything different if there wasn't some sort of pain point, if there wasn't something that was calling us forward or calling us to understand ourselves in a better way. And so I always say that pain is the entrance point into transformation, into a new way. And if we look at it like that, we don't just go, oh, this is awful. I'm going through these things. But instead, we, we say, wait a second. Is there something I'm supposed to know about this? Is there a better way that's being born? And that was really what my experience was. I um, was a very busy corporate uh, woman who was working in the real estate sector. I started looking around at a lot of people that were very successful, financially successful, and thinking to myself, I don't feel like these people are actually happy. And there was like a disconnect there because for much of my life, I felt like success equaled happiness. It equaled fulfillment. It equaled all of these things. And if I could just get to a certain place, then I would feel successful. I would feel fulfilled. I would feel happy. And yet I wasn't seeing that around me. And around that time, I was working all the time, right? This, if I work harder, I'll make more and then I'll be more fulfilled and then everything will be great kicking the ball out in front of myself at every, you know, at every point that I got to. And all of a sudden I was diagnosed with uh, cancer, skin cancer on my face. And it just sent me spinning. I mean, it wasn't on my ankle. It wasn't on my leg. It was on the bridge of my nose, right down the center of my face. And it was the thing that made me go, I get it. Like, this is not 
something's awry here. This is not right. And, you know, it was interesting because you would think like if I had gotten it on my leg, I don't think I would have thought twice about it. I would have just gone and got it handled. But there was something about me looking in the mirror at myself and seeing this it was like an indicator of how out of alignment my life was and how I was running towards nowhere, really. I was running towards something and really something I didn't want to be running towards. And so that really started me looking at why did this happen to me? I think that's what we question. Like, why did this happen to me? So I started looking at, you know, what I was eating. I started looking at how I was living my life and learning things in those areas. Um, and I think sometimes we think we have to go from zero to 100 when we make choices. I think it's really about making the small choices and seeing how those feel. And that was that was the case for me. And then really, I started to think my life needs to change. And I have no idea how to do this. I'm scared. I don't know how to move out of this life I've spent years building that everybody from the outside thinks is really amazing. Right. So there was a lot of like excitement about the life I was living and it didn't feel good inside. And really, when I had my son was kind of a second catalyst where I moved out of the life that I had built. And I write about this in my book, The Soul Frequency. I go into a lot of detail about how my husband and I basically stepped out of this reality we had created. I mean, we were in middle life. Right. And so people would say, what are you thinking? What are you doing? You guys are crazy. Why aren't you happy in your life? I mean, there was so much like outer influence um, and outer judgment on us changing our lives. And we just kind of held on to each other and just it felt like we were holding on to each other in love and running towards nothing that we knew. Right. Running like into the abyss, into the unknown, but feeling like we can't spend the next 40 years of our life doing this same thing that doesn't feel good. And this is where I really got interested in the difference between success and fulfillment and how our society views success and how we are sold success, thinking that it's going to lead to fulfillment. And I'm really big on the frequency of words and the energy of words. And when you look at the word success, it's kind of like sucking excess. And the word fulfilled is like fully filled up. And those are two very different states of being. And so a lot of my work centers on how do we change our energy to the state of fulfillment rather than chasing after ideas of success. Yeah, because I think the other thing too is, uh, and I was only having this conversation with a friend over the weekend, because, you know, I chose not to have children. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm 51 years old at the moment. And she said, oh, that must have been... Um, uh, you know, an easy uh, choice for you to make at that age. She goes, and she's a little older than me. She goes, oh, I would have been more difficult for me to make that. I go, no, don't get me wrong. It wasn't an easy, it wasn't a choice that everybody else was comfortable with. Mm. I was totally comfortable with it. <laughs> <laughs> Very comfortable. Um, <laughs> but everyone around me was like, no, this is what's expected. This is like, this. it felt like it was an obligation. Um, and so uh, how much I, I, I look at women or any of us now and look at our life and how much of the decisions that we've made to get us to this point are really out of what we think is expected and out of obligation to like family and society. The pressure is in so intense. In fact, when I am changing people's energetic frequency to a new alignment, I will say that the one thing that gets in the way of that is our is our close relationships so it would be easy like if someone is completely untethered to a community 
it would be very easy for them to shift their energy frequency, right? And align with something else. It is the closest relationships to us that hold us in a certain reality, that hold us in a certain viewpoint. And, and it's fascinating when you really start to get to the energetics of it, because, you know, we say these are the people closest to us. They love us. They care about us. Yes, they do. All of those. And they exist in a certain reality with a certain perspective. And if you want to step outside that perspective in any way of your life, be it career, be it having children, not having children, like um, so many different ways that we can step out of a perspective, it will threaten the whole tribe, right? It will threaten their perspective on life. So if everybody in the family has children and you say, I don't want to have children, you're going to cause them to to have a reality like shakeup, right? About what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a certain age, what it means to desire certain things. And you have to realize, I think in every great transformation, we have to step back from the tribe enough to be able to see ourselves, right? Because when we're so connected to other people, even energetically, we're just exchanging energy all the time with other people, it's hard to know what's ours and what's theirs. And it's hard to gain perspective on yourself. And so I think every transformation really causes us to step back for a second and to be able to identify what is the truth of who I am and what is it that I want to carry forward in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you were talking about, you know, having like skin cancer is one of those catalyzing events for you. I remember uh, the last year of my marriage, I kept getting this message that, you know, you're wasting time. You're wasting time. I'm like, I don't understand this. You know, we have this amazing, successful business. We're reaching millions of people. I don't understand what that means. And cousin, it wasn't until my marriage had ended that I kind of stepped in and went, oh, okay. <laughs> you want me to play this big? <laughs> All right then, you know. <laughs> um, so that was the kind of the catalyzing event for me was to, to step into it and playing a bigger game. Um, so... But I think with you and I, I mean, my question is like, did you have any kind of like spirituality before this event? Um, I mean, you had skin cancer on your face. And so, but that event, there's a lot of people. I mean, I've had four skin cancers taken off my face that they weren't catalyzing events for me, but it was for you. So was there some kind of spirituality or some kind of way that you looked at life before this event happened that helped you to use that event? you know, to be, you know, something positive. Yeah. And I love that you bring that up because one event may be catalyzing for somebody and it may not be for someone else. Like there's no way to judge what is a catalyzing event, but I did. I, I was always a very, when I was a small child, I basically had two spirit friends from when I was very young. I write about this in the book as well. Um, I had a very spiritual grandmother who kept me in my multidimensional way of viewing the world, uh, probably longer than a lot of people. And she really kind of pushed my parents back when they when they wanted to tell me, no, that's not real. She said, leave her alone. And, you know, so we had a, we had a very close connection. And then I started looking around and going, well, nobody else is experiencing these things. Like, I don't want to be weird. And I really signed up for normalcy, like I call it. I just constantly was looking around for what other people were experiencing. But my experience of life is that I've always felt like um, I'm not quite at home here in, in humanness. Like I've always had this feeling of feeling on the outside 
um, in many different ways about how, how I view things, how my perception of things was always very different than my family, very different than a lot of people I was around, very different in business. Um, so I always had that feeling there. And around the time that I was diagnosed, I was starting to read more books, starting to really entertain more information um, about it. And as I started to see, I think this happens a lot for people in transformation, as you start to see the disconnects, meaning like when I started to see all these successful people and I was around them a lot and I started to see that they were just really unhappy, like that was a disconnect. I was like, wait, this isn't what I think it is. And so those things start to wake us up and go, wait a second, am I looking at this the wrong way? So all that was going on and I knew I was burning myself down. I knew I was running really fast towards I don't know what. I knew I wasn't taking great care of myself. And so when that happened on my face, um, it basically said to me, like what the guidance was that came to me is you can no longer run from this. Like I will put this on your face so that every day when you look in the mirror, you will remember, right, that this is not the way. And that is really what started. And of course, there was so much fear. I mean, so much fear, like gripping fear. I mean, and every step of the catalyst, like you said, when you are going down this road and you're like, great, we're having success. And then they're like, we're going to call you up to another level. And you're just like, what? You know, so the transformation went like that. There were steps and stages to it of continuing to be called up and kind of, I always say like, you, if you, I'll give you a visual. It's like I had my heels dug in the dirt and like spirit was just dragging me at times. And I was just like, no, 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 no. I can't do this. I can't go. Um, but thank goodness, like it taught me surrender. It taught me trust and faith, which I'm deeply rooted in. You know, it just as the guidance gets stronger and stronger and the intuition comes online and you start receiving higher guidance, like that ultimately began to feel like home because it reminded me of when I was a little girl. So there was a part in my healing and transformation that really returned me to that pure, innocent little girl I was that was experiencing all of these different dimensions. And now here I am again at this next point in my life, opening that door. And so the more I opened it, the more it felt like home, but there was a lot of fear leading up to that. Yeah, no, I, I can relate to that very well. <laughs> so, um, you know, and we, and we talk about, you know, finding our life's purpose and why are we here in this fulfillment? I mean, do we all have a purpose? We do. Yeah. We do. Yeah, we do. And, you know, I always say like the concept, again, words are a big deal for me. So finding purpose is as if we need to go searching somewhere outside of ourselves for it and find it. And what I have found in the work that I do is when we start um, basically clearing someone's energy to be more pure and in alignment with their own inner truth. Purpose is a byproduct of that process. So purpose comes fast and furious to the surface when we start little by little living our life within our own truth. It's amazing. Like nobody walks around going, I'm not living my life in my truth. Like we really don't say that to ourselves. Like we don't think about that. We're just living our lives. And as you start to inquire and go deeper, like I have a small group program that I take people deeper into this. When you start going deeper into this, you become painfully aware of all of the ways that you are not living in your truth. Like as you go deeper, 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 and then you start going, wait a second, like are my perceptions mine or are they my parents or my husband's or my wife's or other people in my life? 
that I've just kind of adopted them. And it makes us have to reevaluate, which is really what I think like this time on earth is about, is reevaluating who we are as, as an individual soul self, right? And how to bring that soul self through our humanness in this lifetime to share our gifts with humanity. So it's very important for us to get our energy aligned and to understand what is in truth and what isn't. And then purpose just rises. So sometimes, you know, they say, what's our intention about things? So if our intention is to find purpose, that can keep us outside of actually letting purpose birth through us. So it can keep us looking outside when really what we need to do is understand where are we living out of truth and how do we bring that into alignment and then purpose just shows up, right? So we, we don't want to get in this like seeking always things outside of us. It's more about looking within, right? And seeing where we need to kind of make some new choices and then purpose just comes. Like, I, and it, I'll tell you that that is a discovery process in the work that I bring through. So this was not something I believed when I started doing this work, but it was something that literally every single time I've worked with somebody individually happens and it happens so fast and furious that that person's experiences, oh my gosh, this is what I'm supposed to do. I have to do it now. Like it, there's an urgency to it. So it's, it's a really profound process. And I think it's always going within rather than trying to look outside of ourselves. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and you know, your, your book is called uh, Soul Frequency. So what is that frequency? So each of us, just like we have our own individual fingerprint, we have our own individual energetic signature, and I call it the soul frequency. Mm -hmm. And when I started to do this work, um, I was uh, afraid to do this work at the beginning. I was really hiding it behind doing other things. I was helping people with um, food and holistic living. And, and then there was this other thing going on in the room where I was seeing like people's energetic signature, like their soul frequency. And I was being able to see just like you would in a computer, what was programmed in. So what were the belief sets that were programmed in and what ages were they programmed in, just like software on a computer. And how are those belief sets affecting current day? There was an energetic, it looks like a string. So there'd be like a string, let's say from five years old to 35 years old. And then they were showing me like how this is impacting in current day, like what this is causing in that person's life or field in current day. And so then I started seeing all of this at the beginning. And then I noticed that I could bring this to awareness, meaning I could communicate this to the person and I could start to dissipate that energetic tie, meaning healing the belief set or changing the wound that happened or our understanding of the wound that happened, not the story we're telling ourselves. And then in current day, it would dissipate the effect on their life. So we are a lot more like computers than we think in the sense of that we receive programming and we live out of the lens of that programming. And so, um, like I said, I did this work very quietly at the beginning. Um, and then it just became the central thing that I was being guided to. This is your life's work. This is what you have to teach people, even if people don't understand it. And it's funny because when I started talking about frequency years ago, um, a lot of people told me people won't understand this. You can't, you know, you can't talk about frequency as your brand. Like nobody really understands what that is. But in the past five years, like the understanding of energy is just rising at such a rapid rate. And I'm so happy about that because it's truly the quickest way 
that we can get in alignment and affect change instead of things like willpower, like trying to power over our energetic, you know, misalignments, trying to force our way through. It's just a really peaceful, beautiful process to clear the path forward. I know. Isn't it amazing how we come in, in as these divine beings uh, in this human construct and all this stuff that comes with being human. <laughs> <laughs> so true. That's, that's really minimizing our light and minimizing our access to the divine part of who we are. You know? Yeah. We're like, oh, God, what did we do? We have to go through that. But, you know, I think that is also part of the experience that we have here. Yes, we are the di- these divine spiritual beings. Um, and going through the humanness of all of these programs and behaviors and patterns um, and, you know, being able to come out the other side of that is really, uh, uh, even though it feels terrible at the time, um, <laughs> is a really, again, in itself, just this whole divine experience, you know, that we it get is. to do that. It's extraordinary. I mean, we come here to experience polarity and dualism like that we don't have you know at the level of spirit or at the higher dimensions and that is you know dark and light and and what feels right and what feels wrong to us and if you think about earth as the playground where we get to test this out and only many times we understand what's right for us by knowing what's wrong for us what didn't feel good what what hasn't worked in our life or what didn't produce the result and so it's like a grand experiment playground of being able to see and try on do i like this do i like this and and maybe you liked something 10 years ago and now you don't and you get to change that i always say that the one thing that we have in human form that is so powerful is choice we choose every day we choose thousands and thousands of things every day And we can all make a different choice any single moment we want. I mean, think about how extraordinary that is. Like I use the example, like when I'm talking to clients, I'm like, you could make a really rash choice tomorrow and decide you want to move across the country on a whim, right? And leave your job and do that. And you would change the trajectory of your life. Your whole path forward would change from that one choice. And so when we understand the power of choosing and how we can change to a different probability in our life, then we can start to utilize that for our own benefit. And ultimately, I really think the highest intention is not just our growth or our own benefit, but like, how does that reverberate out to our community? How does that reverberate out to our family, to the world? It's really looking at that bigger picture and moving through the tough stuff in service of the bigger picture. Yeah. So uh, it's, let's say that someone's listening to the podcast right now and they're like, oh, this is really sound like I'm, I'm resonating with a lot of what's going on, like I'm identifying with it. Um, but I'm at this point in my life where for me to make a change with my career or with my relationships or anything like that would just, I can't even wrap my head around it. But I'm so, I don't feel happy where I am. Like where, where do they even begin? So one of the things that I think is the most effective way is understand how to break the energy of the pattern. So there, every pattern is like a cyclical, like a lot of people are in low frequency cyclical patterns. There are dramatic patterns in relationship 
And when I see them, they look like circles, like people going around and around on a merry-go-round mm. and like thinking that each round is going to be something different, but we're like caught up on the merry-go-round and we don't know how to get off of it. So one of the ways to break the patterning is a pattern interrupt. So let's say I'll just use an example. Let's say you're in a relationship and your partner is not very nice to you and they have mean conversations or they say things that aren't very nice and you would love theoretically to leave the relationship, but there's many reasons why that doesn't seem possible at all for you at this time. What you can start doing is like, let's say there's phone conversations that get mean or nasty. Um, you want to just break the energy. So you want to say something like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I have to get off the phone right now. I'll call you right back. Right? That's breaking the energy of the pattern, not only for you, but for the person who's talking right to your partner. They won't consciously know what you're doing, but subconsciously it's breaking the pattern. So the more you don't engage in the pattern, just little by little, the pattern breaks down. And so, you know, I've said, like, sometimes clients have said, you know, I have friends or my mother keeps me on the phone for two hours and she talks to me about the same problem over and over and over again. And I keep giving her good advice and she never takes it. I said, you know, the most generous thing you can do for her and for you is say, mom, I love you. I'm sorry. I got to go do something. I'll call you back. Break the pattern right? Because if you break the pattern enough times, that person is not going to come to you for the same thing. They subconsciously will know that they are not going to be able to run that pattern with you. So people fear say, people fear talking to people. They fear communication. They fear standing up for themselves because they don't want to say something like, hey, I don't want to argue about this anymore because then it just causes another argument. So this is a very subconscious way to change the pattern that usually doesn't cause some sort of argument right? It's just like, oh, okay, you'll call me back. Great. So those using those within communication is doing more than just getting you off the phone, you know, in an argument or in a situation where you've heard the same thing 10 times, it's actually changing the energy of the dynamic. So this is something anybody can do um, to just start breaking up the patterning. And if you notice, like one of the things I think is beneficial is patterns live where, where we're not conscious of them. So if I'm saying the word pattern and you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh gosh, I have a pattern with food that goes like this, or I have a pattern in relationship that goes like this or in work, then I would just write down what patterns you can become present to because you becoming present to it is the beginning to making a new choice around it, right? It's the things that are unconscious that we, we don't have choice with unconscious. We just keep doing it. So just knowing that they exist and knowing that you can break those patterns up little by little is really helpful. Yeah. And does it also, is it also helpful to go, okay, well, if this is the kind of default conversation, argument, you know, a behavior that I don't want to have, um, how, do I, how do they move into something different? How do they move into something that they do want to have? I actually, I have a framework for this. This is was built in my private practice because one of the things, again, it we don't realize that it's our people around us that keep us in, in an old frequency that maybe doesn't feel good. I built out um, this free gift. It's basically called the alignment conversation. You can go to the soul, S-O-U-L, frequency.com forward slash alignment. It's a seven-step process to how to have a powerful conversation for change. So 
So what happens typically, and a lot of the women that I work with say this to me, they go, I just stuff it. I stuff it. I don't say anything for months or years. And then one day my partner says this to me and I throw the whole kitchen sink at him. I'm done. I'm finished. We're not going to do this anymore. I don't like this. Right. And, and my partner's looking at me like I have two heads, right? Like what happened? I just asked you to, you know, to do this one simple thing. Like, why are you so upset? And so what happens is we store up all this energy and then we explode right? When we just can't take it anymore. And so this conversation gives us a framework different than, because this is how people approach change through conversation. People say, I want you to be different, right? You need to stop doing this. You need to stop saying this. And that's never effective, right? Nobody is going to feel good about that. People are going to feel defensive. So this framework is the seven steps to creating an open, alignment conversation for both parties, for the benefit of both parties. And it starts with taking responsibility, right? Here's how I've been showing up in this relationship. And I can see that that's probably a problem for you, right? That's probably caused you hurt. I am so sorry for that. And then then we have an open door, right? Nobody expects somebody to come and apologize for the way that they've been showing up in relationship first. So you can get that. And I also did a training video for it. So there's a link in the PDF to a training video where I talk about each of the seven steps and why it's so important, um, why it's necessary to be in the framework and how an example of how to do it basically in conversation. Yeah, because that's the thing I know with with my um, uh, ex-husband and I, like some of the conversations and things that we would do, obviously was default. So we're in a, in a rut. Um, but I had got to the point where I just, I just, everything was his fault. <laughs> <laughs> everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it wasn't until we separated and I'm like, oh, I don't have my scapegoat anymore. Like now I have no one else to blame for this. Yeah. I have to take responsibility for this myself. Um, and it, that was the event that went, oh, okay, so it is me, you know. <laughs> and yeah. then I went on a whole journey of, okay, un- uncovering that because it's normally not just the conversation that we're having or the event that's that's showing up. Uh, it's what that's connected to for us, don't you think? Yes. Like the our programs, how it, why it's triggering us, you know, why this certain behavior is annoying us. And like you said, you we don't say anything, but there's a seed of doubt in there. And then it starts to grow and that's grow. And then next, you know, you've got this mountain and you just go, I can't do this anymore. And I'm out, you know. <laughs> yeah. And women for women, like resentment is a very big thing. Yeah. When, when there's enough scratches for women, they become cold in resentment, right? There's a resentment of that other person and the ways they've been scratched. And we don't know how to get over that bridge. Yeah. We don't know how to get, how to soften that up. And that's part of the process of really deciding like powerfully whether you want to stay in a relationship. And this could be business relationship, personal relationship, or whether you want to move forward. But powerful conversation is the portal to getting to your truth about it, right? Because everybody has a different truth. And when we built up so many scars and so much resentment, again, it's hard to get to the truth. It's hard to get to how do I really feel about this because I can't see through my anger. Mm-hmm. I can't see through my resentment. And women, like one of the things that women really, really need help with is how to move anger out of their body in a healthy way because it is so socially unacceptable for a woman to be angry. It's socially unacceptable for a man to be sad, right? And so these, this is part of becoming, again, at this time on the planet, our whole self, 
Like if we feel angry, if we feel resentful, that needs a voice, right? It needs to be experienced. It's anger is the most powerful energy, emotional energy, like evidenced by the fact if someone's yelling in your face, you're going to back up. You're going to feel that energy and you're going to pull back. But women really suppress a lot of their anger. And so a lot of the the body work that I do with getting emotion out of the body and some of the retreats that I do are really about how we can release our emotional baggage that's literally stored energy in our body, causing cellular changes in our body, and how we can really move that energy and learn how to continue to do that because emotions happen. We just need to be an open vessel for that. Yeah. And what's on the other side of that once it's been released is our fulfillment, is our purpose, you know, is, you know, the amazing and beautiful life that we know that we is that we can have, but we just haven't been able to get there. So, yeah. And and I love the work that you're doing, Shana. Uh, You are such a powerhouse and I know that you've reached thousands and thousands upon thousands of women around the world and, and you're so amazing. Now, guys, if you want to reach out to Shana, um, you can do so at thesoulfrequency.com. Um, and I encourage you to get your hands on the book as well because I've heard amazing things about the book too. So, Shana, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us today. Now, if you enjoyed this episode and haven't yet subscribed to our podcast, please go ahead and do so on iTunes or Spotify or go to mindmovies.com forward slash podcast so you don't miss an episode. Now, remember, new episodes are released every Monday morning. And this podcast is also brand new and we'd love to spread the word. So after you've subscribed, be a great girlfriend and pass it on to a friend who will enjoy this too. Until next time, remember, it's not over, just different.